Charles with the Barbershop Podcast. Today we're going to be talking to Melinda Clark out of the Brickell, Miami, Florida area. And uh, a lot of you guys, if you're not familiar with that area of the country, that is probably the number two uh, investment district in the United States um, after Wall Street. A lot of guys are not familiar uh, with that area and they don't know that a lot of investment dollars flow through uh, that part of Miami. And uh, Brickell is the city center. And you have a lot of major players and heavy hitters out there. And uh, Melinda Clark, is a psychotherapist out there in the area, and she gets to see uh, some of the issues that guys are dealing with up close and personal. So we're going to have a conversation about that today. Now, before we begin, there's something that I'd like to share with you guys. You know, not too long ago, I had a conversation with a woman about her deceased husband. And she told me that her deceased husband made a lot of money, and he was able to buy several houses, and they've got a million-dollar house out on a lake somewhere. And uh, they had two daughters, and these two daughters went to uh, school, and they've graduated, and life is good for them. But the woman said that, you know, she really felt bad. And I said, well, why? Why do you feel bad? And she said, well, I'm seeing what young men, young men are struggling with today as my daughters start to date. And I see what these men have to do to try to live up to the standards that maybe I set or maybe that we set in society for young men. And a lot of guys are suffering as a result. And uh, she said, I feel so bad, too, because we only have daughters. You know, so it's like we took the easy way out. Our daughters didn't have to do anything. They went to school. Yeah, they may have worked hard. They had a difficult time here and there. But now the tables have been turned. A lot of doors are opening up to women. A lot of people are talking about advancements of women and everything. But as you look around, you see a lot of men struggling to maintain the same lifestyle that my husband tried to maintain for us. And she also said to me, you know, I really also feel bad because my husband had to make some financial decisions that impacted a lot of people, but they also impacted his own health. And I wonder if maybe if he wasn't trying to do some of the things that he was trying to do for us, maybe he'd still be alive today. So Melinda, you hear me tell that story and you were out there, you were seeing it every day. You see guys trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to keep up with the Kardashians every single day. You know, what are some of the messages that you are trying to convey to guys who are caught between doing what they feel society or their parents want them to do or doing what they feel they have to do to catch the girl or the guy or whatever and trying to just live a healthy life? What messages do you have for them? Well, uh, yeah. Hi, Charles. It's a really good point you bring up. And I think the story that you said is so relevant for what people are experiencing here in Miami. And men are under a lot of pressure, right, to be that breadwinner. Um, Especially Miami is a very um, Latin culture. And I think the Latin families oftentimes feel even more pressure. But I think with having, with being that breadwinner, people associate breadwinner with the person bringing in the most money. So they feel, okay, I have to have the best job. So in order to have the best job, I also have to look to the Joneses like I have the best job. So by trying to keep up with that, you really lose your sense of identity and you lose just a lot of control of just what you like and you constantly ask yourself what will society accept what do i need to where do i need to work to fit in what do i need to drive to fit in but you completely lose yourself and you get caught up in this life of extreme and excess and when you lose that you make a lot of decisions that can be really self-destructive and Mm -hmm. lonely at times 
Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, you talk about losing the self. And, you know, a, a lot of guys don't understand the concept of what do, what do, you, what do you mean losing myself? How am I losing myself? And, and what are self-destructive behaviors? You know, a, a lot of guys tend to think of themselves very, very much tied to what they do, right? So, so if I'm a banker, that's my life and that's who I am. If I'm an athlete, that's what I do. That's who I am. Right. But in truth, that's not really who we are. That's what I hear you saying. Is that right? That is completely true. We've really now at our society and especially with males, we associate our work with what we do. And that's almost how we give ourselves worth. It's like how much money I make is really tied with my identity and just how I feel about myself. And when you live that life that's so consumed in one area, you forget just the idea of balance and your life just becomes like that extreme excess of everything. But we always need an outlet somewhere, right? So if I am, and males, I think they go into just being completely consumed with work. You need an outlet to balance that Guys are passionate sports fans, so passionate that our moods and our emotions are directly linked to the fate of our favorite team. But if your team's loss turns into a hole punched through the wall or a remote control tossed through your LCD TV screen, then you might be a little too passionate. Visit HealthyMenMichigan.org to take a free anonymous mental health screening and find tools and resources to help you get back in the game. Based on your results, you may be eligible for a paid volunteer research study. This program is funded by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So, so when you, when you say an outlet, okay, um, what if I, I, I work a lot, I'm down there in the Brickell, Miami area, right? I'm, I'm making a lot of heavy hitting decisions. I'm making a lot of money and I need an outlet. So my outlet is gambling. That's an outlet. Is, is that okay? Is that, is that a good outlet for me? I don't know. Right, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> right. That completely is an outlet that we see down here a lot, but it, it's not, it, it's an outlet of excess, right? You're trying to release some of that stress and gambling releases so much of the reward system in our brain that it really becomes just another part of our area, our life that's Mm. so extreme. So if I'm extreme at work, then I'm extreme maybe with my dating, extreme with my drinking. And we Mm. never have that time to really ground ourselves anymore because life down here especially moves so quickly i see i see so so let's go with dating for a minute um because you know as as i hear you say that and i'm thinking about some of the guys out there how could how could a man date to excess like what does that even look like i think what i see down here is just the absorbance with these dating apps and just the excess of seeing a hundred plus profiles a day and when you see that much in excess like how are you really developing that close relationship and it can almost just become just as addicting as Mm. gambling and drinking and you know we start to really put that into our identity too right how many matches I have and how many days I can go on it's just one of the other things that we really use to put into our identity and living that life of excess wow see I hadn't even considered that I mean that's 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 just a, like a very concentrated, I guess, version of Facebook, but it's, it's for dating. So, you know, now I have a hundred women who like my profile and, and that makes me feel good. And I attach myself work to that now. That, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, and, and so, you know, one of the other things that we know about Miami, at least it was true uh, several decades ago, is that Miami was 
was uh, a corridor for a lot of drugs, for a lot mm-hmm. of drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I know that guys are working, you know, nine to five in high pressure society out there. Um, and then they're looking for releases. So we talked about gambling and we talked about dating or using women. Right. And we'll go back to that in a minute. Uh, yes. But what mm-hmm. about what about drugs? Are you seeing that, you know, as a consequence of trying to keep everything together, as a consequence of trying to maintain these social norms, are you seeing a lot of drug addiction as well? Completely. And I think one place down here is especially, it's really interesting with drugs and very unfortunate is just why you have that extreme work and you want to release. Sometimes we do turn to a drug, but down here in Miami, it also feels that cocaine completely is also looked at as a status symbol. Unfortunately. Right, right. Yes. And I, that's what, you know, I was speaking with someone else about that. And they said, you know, co- cocaine is like the it drug. It, it's, it's the thing that comes with the after five event. It's just part of the after five event uh, for the, uh, the who's who of some of the individuals down in Miami. So and now I hear you saying that, um, you know, so, so I, I think that just to, to really, really shed some light on, on, on this, if you were looking at a particular age range, is this something that older individuals are being impacted by? Or, this is, or is this something that millennials are being impacted by today? I Definitely millennials, but also I'm seeing it all the way up into um, 55. I have a lot of males around you know, middle-aged 55 coming in my door with the same pressures, the same outlets, the same things. I and I really feel that that is part of the Miami culture that breeds that on males with just that high society pressure of men being the breadwinner, meaning putting a lot of your identity on what your paycheck is right. and really wanting to use that to fit in with society. And so, you know, my question to you then after hearing some of this is, is Melinda, how do you, how do you as a psychotherapist, uh, and trying to relate to these men who are going through this, how do you approach them? I think a lot of this is not being talked about. And in Miami, it's fast. And we go in autopilot completely. We make decisions quickly. Life goes by quickly. We're oftentimes not thinking about how we're making our decisions. So I'd like to open this conversation up just about what their life entails and like how they see their lives and what's going on Like. Some people can get frustrated with me in session, but I love to slow all their actions, decisions down, Mm -hmm. bringing in just awareness of what we're talking about, because I don't think it's talked about enough. And it's something that's kind of like the white elephant. And then what I love to do is, you know, really making them take a breath before we make our decisions, just adding that two extra seconds before responding, just to ground yourself and really think about how do I want to balance my day and just bring some awareness into the decisions that we're making because we make them so quickly and on autopilot. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So you talk about mindfulness, awareness, and really uh, getting off of autopilot, which is a very difficult thing for men to do. Uh, And I think a lot of our listeners uh, will agree that that's something that a lot of men struggle with. Hey guys, Riley here. If you're enjoying today's show and would like to hear more, you can gain access to member-only content by going to patreon.com slash thebarbershipgroup. 
We aim to provide as much value as possible to you and the rest of our community, and our listeners play an important role. So if you want more content, or if you're just happy to support our mission and the other men out there, head over to patreon.com slash barbershop group to contribute today. When you're talking to, to men and you're talking to, to men out there who may be adverse to changing ideas of masculinity, ideas uh, that are related to social norms and what have you, how do you approach a guy who just, he's having trouble understanding the concept that he doesn't have to uh, be the breadwinner, he doesn't have to attach his value uh, to his paycheck. How do you how do you approach that individual? I first, I, I like to ask them what they learned growing up, because oftentimes we carry a lot of the things that we learned growing up, and then really just kind of stepping back. And you know, the idea of a breadwinner always is, you know, who which partner makes the most amount of money, right? But really trying to look back and say, okay, it's one may make more money, but it really is more this team effort, right? And trying to make it look like the two can work together so both feel just as much value taking the power away from the paycheck. Yeah, and, that, and that's something a lot of people struggle with is taking, you know, do we even want to take the power away from a paycheck? I know a lot of guys have that conversation. I don't know if they're really comfortable with it. Even as I listen to you say that, you know, I'm scratching my head like, wow, that's a really creepy thing to have to just, you know, make that transition. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure a lot of guys struggle with that. You know, we're running short on time, but there's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about. And you mentioned it a little bit when you're talking about the dating app. Right now, I'm getting into a lot of conversations with men about using people, places and things. OK. And as an addiction specialist, I like I like to talk about using people places and things and i think a lot of guys are familiar with using things drugs Mm -hmm. gambling and those sorts of things right but but i also uh would like for guys to to think about how we use people so in, in your work that you're doing can you talk a little bit about how you see men use people i've had numerous conversations about how men value themselves by the people that are surrounding them you know so if they think someone's successful they'll feel successful if they think a woman's attractive they'll feel more attractive they start identifying their own self-worth based on the people around them but Mm. that really doesn't help us see our own beauty and like our own strengths i see yeah, no, I, I get that. So you're saying that guys will basically surround themselves with people who can, who can make them look better. But I, I guess what's what's a little bit concerning for me regarding that is, but but shouldn't we surround ourselves with people who are successful? I mean, what's the harm in that? I think that's great, right? Are we surrounding ourselves with the people who bring out the best in us? Mm-hmm. Right. We want to have the people who make us feel good about ourselves. So it really is looking, who is around me? Do, am I my best self with these people around me? Do they push me to be the best that I can be? Mm-hmm. So really so, having to understand, you know, what is my bond with all these people? And okay. do I have that connection with them? Or is this kind of a surface level 
thing that I have going on that I'm using to make myself feel good. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So now that I totally understand that. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, so there's a difference between being around people who can help, help us become healthier versions of ourselves and be successful. And there's a difference between that, I guess, and the people who just, you know, enable us or reinforce some of these, these bad images, right? The stuff that we are really holding on to probably that we should let go transforming gender norms enriching mental health engaging in social support these are the goals of the yb men project a social media intervention created specifically for young black men to learn more about the yb men project visit us at ybmenproject.com the yb men project is funded by the university of michigan school of social work the university of michigan depression center and the steve fund you're out there in Brooklyn, Miami. Uh, if, if a guy was listening right now and he wanted to get in touch with you, how would he reach you? The best way to reach me, I love having phone conversations before coming in. It really is the fit. I want you to come speak to me, feel comfortable to talk about some of these issues. I also have um, social media. You can follow me at, at Insight Miami. Um, visit my website, www.insightmiami.com. Or please, please call me, ask questions, find out how we could talk and if you feel comfortable with me. Yes, yes, it's very, very important. I think a lot of guys, um, once they once they get past the initial shock, uh, you know, a lot of guys wake up and they say, hey, man, you know, I need to talk to somebody. But once we get to the point where we're thinking, okay, I need to talk to someone, now we kind of pause and we go through the whole shopping list. Well, who do I talk to? How do I go about finding somebody to talk to? You know, they'll pay attention to uh, the individual's speciality or, or their specialty or where, wherever they are, they're from or uh, different, different things guys look at. So it's always important that I ask that question. I do thank you for, for taking some time out of your day to, to talk to us about some of the situations that you're seeing in Miami. I mean, I know that there are areas around the country and around the world where men are definitely exposed to high pressure. You know, because we, we all want to, we all want to look good, right? We all want to make money. We all mm -hmm. want, we want the pretty partner. We want the, the, the attractive, the attractive spouse. We do. There's no denying that. Okay. Right. We, we want our Instagram accounts to, uh, to have a lot of followers. We want to have that look, but in truth, that's Completely. not always who we who we are and it'll give you some things to think about as you're listening to it maybe you may reach out to her reach out to someone else if you're in another state and just have a conversation with someone about that we really do thank you for spending some time with us today and uh guys um you know hopefully you all have enjoyed what you've heard and um you know you guys are going into the weekend try to be safe this weekend don't drink too much don't party too much but do enjoy yourselves and do something that makes your soul happy so with yes. that being said we will talk to you soon Barbershop Group provides safe spaces for men to discuss issues of well-being and mental health. The Barbershop Group also serves as a resource to the community, providing consultations and public speakers through partnerships with attorneys, mental health professionals, family agencies, religious institutions, and other advocates. In the near future, 
The barbershop group seeks to renovate dilapidated residential and commercial properties in urban areas to create respite shelters for displaced men. We will also host mentorship retreats and workshops for young men and adults to foster growth through our Iron Sharpening Iron and our Rebuilding Men programs. In addition, we host a weekly podcast covering issues of mental health, homelessness, financial literacy, education, and leadership. If you would like to be a guest on our show, please email us at info at thebarbershopgroup.org. Visit our Facebook page or call 313-585-9948 for more information.